This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. No strings till the hank comes out. Make all the drunk girls scream and shout. We love it, we hate it. We're all just trying to make it in this crazy town. Welcome back into the door report, episode 234 on a Wednesday night. Well, Wednesday evening. 6.30 p.m. doing a daylight version of TDR. Usually it's been TDR after dark recently. I am Will Byram alongside my co-host, as always, Trevor Hoolan. We are back, Trevor. August so back. 20, August 30th. It's not the 28th. I completely forgot to update my entire script here. But here at The Door Report, we are presented by Corey Perkins of Parks Realty. If you are a first-time home buyer or looking to move homes, Corey Perkins is your man. You can contact Corey via phone or text at 615-987-8623, or you can reach out to Corey via email at Perkins at Realtracks.com. Realtracks spelled R-E-A-L-T-R-A-C-S.com. Again, that phone number is 615-987-8623. Corey Perkins. Thank you again to Corey, recently married, stopped by the tailgate. Yeah. We forgot to, we forgot to mention that last episode. Zoe. So shout out to Corey for the continued support of TDR here. Uh, but hit up Corey if you are looking to purchase a home in these unstable times. He's your man to help you guide those rough waters. But Trevor, we have a preview here for Alabama A&M. It is preview season again. It is preview season. Vanderbilt's FCS opponent this year. I keep saying this. I said it before the uh, Hawaii recap that these episodes might be getting a little bit shorter. But Trevor, we have yet to have an episode under an hour. I think this might be the first episode that we have break the 60 minute mark on the under. See, I disagree. I think anytime we say it's going to be a short episode, it is not a short episode. So just putting out into the ether that it is going to be a short episode tells me that it is going to be over an hour so what did we set the line out again i set it at 50 and a half minutes and you're taking the under i'm taking the under i'm i'm definitely taking the over we're we're definitely going over that we're going even if i'll take the alternate okay, line 50, i'll take over an hour as well 50 and a half minutes before we put in yeah final the product intro before we put in or we say the final product over 50 and a half because i'm going to bump the line to 54 and a half if we say after the uh, intro and everything. Do ads count? No. 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 Okay. So we'll we'll keep we'll that. keep it at fifty we an hour. We'll keep it at fifty and a half. Trevor's taking the over. I'm taking the under. There's a little bit to get into this week. I usually say a lot to get into this week, but there's a little bit to get into this week. Vanderbilt has released their week two depth chart. I don't want to spoil it, but there weren't too many changes. We have the Alabama A and M preview, and then we will have me and Trevor's three keys to the game. But before we get into breaking news and much more, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Door Report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. It's now time for breaking news. Trevor, let's get this Alabama A&M preview rolling. But there are a couple things that I forgot to get to before we hit the first little round of advertisements and the breaking news uh, segment fully started. So Trevor, tell the people what I forgot to tell, what I forgot to say. Well, it's not really your fault because I just broke the news to you. But first off, I feel like we need to really push people giving us five stars on iTunes and Spotify. You know what? If you're listening and you haven't commented or you haven't reviewed five stars on our iTunes, go and leave the absolute funniest review, funniest five-star review you can. 
Let's boost that algo up. There's actually a Kentucky fan. I don't know if you've ever read that yeah. review. Great review. Our only one star. Great review from that guy. Awesome review. I'm not even mad about it. Uh, but also, shout out to TDR member, Braden McPherson. Happy 20th birthday, Braden. 365 more days until you can drink alcohol. I'm so excited for Braden. I know any, any tailgate we have to, the main reason we have soda and water at tailgates is actually not for us. It's actually just for Braden. Let's start putting X's on Braden's hand at every tailgate <laughs> because actually in my head, I'm dumb in my head. Braden was like 21 or 22. I didn't even realize he was 19 and he was a young and like that He's a baby. Yeah. But yeah, let's start putting X's on Braden's hands at the lot two <laughs> tailgate just to piss him off. But yeah, Give him a little green wrist. I do. I do. That is something I did want to get into, not get into, but say is let's do, let's try to push to get more five-star reviews out there. We've been bumped down by a couple dumbasses from other fan bases, giving us one-star reviews, but leave the funniest, most insane, unhinged five-star review on iTunes. Yes. And we will read off the best ones on air. Please oh, give us something. That's a great that's, yeah. idea. The yes. funniest and best reviews will be read next episode and, and the following episode. So please help out TDR. Help great us idea. to continue to grow uh, and give us five stars on iTunes specifically or Spotify. But Trevor, before we get into the Alabama A&M preview, Vanderbilt released their week two or week one game two depth chart. Zero changes. The exact same depth chart they released week one or week zero game one. That's throwing me off so badly. Yeah, it that, is. That they're not the week same. Week one game two. Yeah, very strange. Very. It's screwing me up right now. Screwing me up in the notes. But are we gonna have a week zero game next year? We there's no. We I, know? I think this is the last year. Of the I week low key zero. hate I could, week zero. I don't. Zero I don't games. like week zero. Yeah, and here's the thing. And before I go off on a tangent. I get it that it puts Vanderbilt on sort of a national stage. I'd almost rather just do the Thursday night games of week one. No. But we have so no. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I was no. gonna say, I was gonna say, we have such a have we ever won a Thursday night home opener? I don't think so. I don't think we have. I could be wrong. Phoebe, can you I fact check that for us? I only remember the L's. That's all I remember. Well, I think that's all I think that's all there have been or those L's. were canon events. I take that back. Yeah, let's not do third. What if we did a Friday let's just, night one? How about Hear me out. This might sound crazy. Hit, hit me. What if Vanderbilt just played their first game during week one of the college football season on Saturday? Call me crazy. But then we would have to wait longer for Vanderbilt football. That's the only I don't drawback. Hate, I don't hate week zero. It it does put Vanderbilt. I like the state. extra bye week, to be honest. All I'm complaining about right now is just the fact I have to say week one, game two. That's all I'm pretty much complaining about. It is very strange. It'll even out eventually. So Vanderbilt released the depth chart. Were you surprised that there were no changes at all? No Davion Davis listed again on the depth chart. All the starters remained in their same positions. Were you surprised there was no movement at all? Or was that to be expected for you? Uh, I thought it was to be expected. I think, the, well, here's the thing. Tyson Russ, and, the, and this is this is the big part. People probably wanted the secondary to be adjusted. Um, if you put on the depth chart this week, Martel Height starts Trudel Barry or um, Martel Height starts Tyson Russell's second string. It's going to be the exact same as last week where they both have 50, 50 snaps. So I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't think it matters. I didn't, I didn't expect to see a full like flip from one week zero game to the next. I thought we might see a couple oars slotted in there, maybe in the secondary, because that was, that was truly I don't ever like saying individual. That was truly a horrendous performance from Tyson Russell. Coach Lee can give the quotes of saying they were schematic issues or Hawaii and CJ Taylor can give the scheme or, or the quote of saying that Hawaii had plays that weren't on film and they weren't ready for the scheme. But there were a couple times when Tyson Russell was it's simply playing cover three and the Hawaii receiver just ran directly by. I him. mean, that whole first that whole first score no for scheme. Hawaii, he got he got picked apart. They they deliberately targeted well, Russell. And there are people that sometimes don't understand there are different coverages in football. And that's the casual fan. But sometimes you'll see people saying, oh, this guy got burned. I'm like, he's playing cover two. He, it's not his responsibility. It's not his assignment. The safety has to take that responsibility, or he's playing man, and they're trying to switch, and there's a miscommunication. That was not the case on the touchdowns. Tyson Russell got burned on in the deep balls that he got burned on. The secondary simply got blown by. 
And right now, the issue within that secondary is not coming up or on that defense overall is not coming up and making tackles and plays at the line of scrimmage based on the Hawaii game. It's simply getting burned deep, which is why I was kind of hoping to see an or with Martel Height on there. That's And maybe I was hoping to see Davion Davis listed on the depth chart, even though it is Alabama A&M and FCS opponent. I have a really bad feeling we're never going to see Davion Davis ever again. I do have a bad feeling. And, and like, I, I I really hope I'm wrong because if you've listened to this podcast, like, we are huge Davion Davis yep. fans. He is a wonderful ambassador for the program. He really should be the face of this team. Um, and it truly is a shame that he has another flare-up because I think the entire fan base wants to see him specifically and wants to see him specifically succeed, like, this fan base succeed, pause. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, pause. Succeed. Succeed. Uh Jesus, I did it again. I'm so sorry. It's not intentional. Um, but this this fan base wants to see him do well. Yeah. This podcast is a huge fan of Davion Davis. The longer this goes, if Davion Davis is not listed on the depth chart for the Wake Forest game and does not play during the Wake Forest game, I don't think we see Davion Davis. And it That's- makes me really sad. And if he's not on there by week five, then we're definitely not seeing Davion Davis because the only thing I could see is they're holding him out the first four games and he'll be back for SEC play. That that would be my last hope in the Davion Davis uh, injury, whatever the hell is going on there. But no other news really uh, this week outside of the depth chart release. Carkley had a couple pressers. Anything of note, Trevor? I know you listened to those uh, press conferences and pressers. Um, not. Uh, I'll get to the. I'll get to the press conference. But another thing about the depth chart that sort of intrigues me is I'm not sure why Darren Agu is still listed as a starter. Um, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, because he is going to be the starter whenever he comes back. And honestly, he probably could have played this game if if push really came to shove. Um, that sort of intrigued me a little bit as. Sweet little Phoebe just being crazy. Um, but nothing on the depth chart really of note. It was all pretty much the same. Um, Clark Lee's press conference, though, I it wasn't boring, but nothing really came about about it. I don't feel like the media asked a ton of questions, like a ton of hard-hitting questions about the secondary, which was a little bit um confusing because I feel like that was the big question mark uh coming out of this game, and there wasn't a ton of questions about it. Um Whenever there were questions about the secondary, um, I believe I believe it was I don't know who it was because Robbie wasn't at this one. Um, but somebody asked about uh, why Vanderbilt didn't why we didn't see any Trudell Berry, um, and Clark Lee said that he thought that B.J. Anderson actually played a really really good game, which it's it is very easy to pick on B.J. Anderson, and I feel like we have sort of gotten sucked into that as well. Now, granted. He has been criticized, and rightfully so. Like He has had some busted plays um, more than a lot of the other guys. Um, but I think after we watched the game a second time with sort of a, a clear head, um, I thought he – I don't think he played that bad. So I, I thought he actually had maybe I like a really B, good game. I thought B.J. Anderson – that's why I didn't put his name at the beginning of this when I said to maybe see an or, is I thought B.J. Anderson actually played pretty decent. I'm not going to say pretty good. Pretty decent. The more concerning thing, and I was hoping I didn't miss anything, this is why I'm bringing this up, is a lot of what Clark Lee and this team came out when they were asked the occasional question about the secondary, a lot of it was they will continue to improve. It was schematic issues. These guys can do it versus questions about the offensive line and the message from inside that program about the offensive line has been we sucked. And that is not indicative of who this offensive line is. And those have been two very different messages And to me, that reads as the subtle disrespect of low expectations. That secondary played like shit. And the fact that Clark Lee and the media has not been just ripping them to shreds gives me a lot of fear and hesitance moving forward. Because that was Hawaii. Those were Hawaii athletes. Shager played a good game, but it's still Shager from Hawaii running the run and shoot offense i mean that should give you pause and concern for vanderbilt once they play more complex schemes you're saying that it was schematic things that were not on film when it's the most basic offense in the country which is why no one else runs it because it's too simple and so this is where i feel a little bit of pushback is i think clark and the coaching staff probably definitely gave that message 
internally within the locker room. Um, but he's just not going to say that in, in, in front of the public. And I don't, I honestly, that doesn't bother me because if we all remember Derek Mason used to absolutely love like dunking and hating on his players and throwing them under the bus. Um, and the media ripped him. We ripped him. So I'm okay with him, like sort of protecting his guys in front of the media. I fully believe though, that inside of that, inside of that yeah. locker room and whenever they went over the film, they were like, Hey, this is really bad. Um, I mean, it's just really weird comments to me. I'm not saying rip guys yeah. individually as the head coach or anything like that or throw them under the bus, but you had a Hawaii go, uh, the Hawaii quarterback and Braden Shager go 27 of 35 for 351 and three touchdowns. Yeah. That's objectively awful. Yeah. So that that's the only the only comment I was really making. I'm yeah. probably being a little too negative on hump day here. I'm a little tired. A lot of stuff going on at work. A lot of stuff going on in life. But Trevor... <laughs> I, I will say, too, somebody did ask about the offensive line, and I, I don't want to say that me and Will, this just proves that Will and I know ball, but whenever Will and I watched the game a second go-around on Sunday, um, the offensive line, I mean, some some guys just got beat straight up. Um, a lot of the issues we said looked like miscommunication, guys picking up the wrong picking up the wrong man. A lot of guys, whenever they pull, pulled to the wrong, not not the wrong side, but just missed their assignments, wrong gap, um, didn't recognize certain fronts. Um, and Clark Lee said the same thing. He said in his press conference, he's like, we went back and watched the film. And he's, he said a lot of it was he, of course you're frustrated with the procedural penalties. Um, that is, I I think that is a little bit of rust too, still unacceptable, but he's like a lot of the, a lot of the issue with the offensive line was just sloppy technique. Well, that's, that's what was weird about some of I didn't watch the full presser so if I'm misrepresenting anything please please tell me but a lot of what I read on the 24-7 boards I'll admit is he said that about the offensive line which I agree with a lot of it was scheme miscommunication they'll continue to get into rhythm film work we said the absolute opposite about the secondary when we went back and watched that film we were like these were just dudes getting burnt and then good throws by Shager. So it was kind of weird to me that it, we were just getting the canned same response from two position groups that played completely different games, even though they both played poorly. It was different issues. But I do want to get to the actual Alabama A&M preview that this episode is titled on. And then we can get to some more discussion about what we you're want You're just trying to, to hit that under. I'm trying to hit the I under. I know here. exactly what you're going. doing. You're trying to hit the under. No. I'm just going to get more and more negative, even though I want to continue to remain positive and not judge this team off the one Hawaii loss. The more I, I was positive on the on the recap episode we gave, I actually overall was pretty positive. The more I've sat with it and gone back and watched the game again, I'm feeling a little more negative than, See, I, than I was. I'm having the opposite. The more I think about it and the more I watch it, the more I'm like, okay, like I think this could get fixed. Well, the more not fixed, but the, the more I go back and watch it the more I'm concerned that exactly what we thought the weaknesses would be were the weaknesses, which is, was this offensive line propped up by the fact of having two absolute grown men in Gavin Schoenwald and Ben Bresnahan being stop gaps for the issues on the edges in the line and then making up for a lot of mistakes by the offensive line by being so damn good. And then you also have the secondary, which the entire offseason has been a huge question mark, the biggest question mark on the team, and they're awful. And then you're like, man, we're going to have no tight end involvement in the blocking game. Maybe we can at least have a little something in the passing game, and your starting tight end has one catch for five yards, and you have one run from Logan Kyle for 13 yards, and that's your entire tight end involvement. So it's the question marks that we brought up during the season preview all reared their ugly heads in the biggest way possible week one. So that is what leads me to kind of having a negative feeling, which is it only takes one or two of these issues popping up in SEC play for the entire season to go down the toilet. If your secondary is bad, you're going to go four and eight, five and seven. Best case. I don't think I agree. So they, they've got to step it up. Maybe they can outscore. And I maybe think, this I offense can stay in rhythm. 100% can outscore. I think it's going to depend on matchups. And there's one team they're about to match up against that does not have a good passing game. And that's the Alabama A&M Bulldogs out of the SWAC conference, the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Uh, Alabama A&M Bulldogs, they are in HBCU. Their head coach, Connell, Connell Maynard. Uh, last year, Alabama A&M went 4-7, four 4-4 four four in the SWAT conference. They played two FBS opponents. 
lost 59 to nothing in week one to UAB and lost 38 to 17 to Troy. Uh, there was one quote in particular from the Alabama A&M head coach. I had to dig up some quotes because there's not a lot of information online about the Alabama A&M Bulldogs. Not a lot of season previews written by Athlon Sports and other sundry media, media corporations. Big mystery team we have Huge coming mystery. into the bank. I mean, the amount of information available on the internet about Alabama A&M is near zero. They do have kind of a cool stadium from what I saw, on a, and they paved their tailgating lot, so I'll give them some props to, for that. But the only quote I have from the Alabama A&M head coach is an interesting one to me because it gives me a lot of a lot of confidence that this is not going to be as close of a game as we saw last year against Elon, who's a very good FCS program. And of course, the year before that saw a loss to ETSU. Quote from their head coach, Coach Connell Maynard, he said on WAFF 48, a local Alabama news station. So I was digging deep. He said, we're going to try to be competitive as long as we can and get out of there healthy. That was his quote when asked about the Vanderbilt matchup. Yeah, I think. I think he knows what's coming down the train. This this is going to be a bloodbath, especially after how Vanderbilt closed out that game. I'm sure practice has been hell this week, and film study has been hell this week, regardless of the calm demeanor yeah. that Clarkley has brought to press conferences. Good. Let, let the boys know. So it was unacceptable. A couple guys that I dug into and found that are going to be key, key players for Alabama A&M, Zarion Hayes, a defensive end. He was all-conference in the SWAC last year. He had 16 and a half tackles for loss last season six foot one i think 280 or he's a pretty big boy had three and a half sacks they're running back donovan eaglin he was second team all swack 171 carries 873 yards and six touchdowns 5.1 yards per carry with a long of 26 yards i watched some i i skipped through the alabama a&m jackson state game and saw some of these guys um how bad did no. they get killed by Jackson State? It actually was it was a pretty competitive game. Oh, there, really? there were some odd things that happened. I think they lost like twenty-seven to thirteen. Uh, they brought a kick back uh, to like the twenty-yard line, kicked a couple field goals early in the first quarters. But they actually held. They improved last season, and they and they're not a bad Alabama A and M is not a bad FCS football program. They're just average to below average uh, last season. They went four and four in their conference, dead middle. And the best thing for Vanderbilt football fans' ears, Alabama A&M has a quarterback battle again. Last year, they had two quarterbacks splitting reps. This year again in 2023, Alabama A&M will once again have two quarterbacks splitting reps. Uh, Xavier Lankford, who was the returning uh, one of their starters from last season, uh, will be taking snaps. And then UT Martin transfer Cornelius Quad Brown uh, also will likely play against Vanderbilt on Saturday. So another quote from Alabama A&M's head coach, he said, we're going, we're probably going to play two quarterbacks on Saturday. It's probably going to be Lankford and Brown, and we'll go from there. Obviously not super confident in their quarterback situation. No. The offense is kind of a shotgun misdirection read option style kind of funky quarterback running offense passing is not the strong point of Alabama A&M they are a running football team that occasionally passes it's, it's like a weird RPO meets like sort of it's like a 1970s yeah, wing like, tee yeah, it's, it's very it's like weird. a shotgun wing tee is a way to I would describe it like a I mean, shot it, it a looks shotgun, like a high school offense. Yeah, like a shotgun triple option. It does look like something you would see on Friday Night Lights. That's that's what it look looks like. I think Vanderbilt is going to be able to absolutely dominate Alabama A and M. But Trevor, you had an interesting stat. I don't yeah. want to steal it. Got to give credit to Trevor for this, dude. Give me some baby. Trevor brought up that Alabama A and M brings back four of their five starting offensive linemen from mm -hmm. last year, and one of them. Uh, one of them was all conference. Uh, I believe it was a transfer, um, all conference from where he came from. So they have an experienced offensive line. Um, I mean, I don't want to hate on these guys because I feel like, and, and here's the thing. I don't want to dog these guys because I dogged to Y and then I was just <laughs> sitting in my seat. And I was like, oh my God, what a nightmare. This is such a nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. You know what kept running through my head? And, and I don't want to dog these guys because I don't want that, that, that same situation to happen. But, I'm going to do it. 
that's about all they have going for them. Yeah. Uh, Vanderbilt's passing defense and secondary was challenged last week against Timmy Chang's run and shoot. Alabama A&M's offense, I won't even say it's going to challenge, but it's primarily run-focused. So Vanderbilt's run defense and discipline in staying in gaps is what is going to be challenged by Alabama A&M. And challenged, I'm using that term very loosely. Do you remember the last time Vanderbilt played in uh, HBCU in football? Uh, I do not. TSU, we almost oh, lost that yeah. game, you remember? TSU, yeah. yep. TSU that was actually pretty good that year. They were, and hey, shout out, shout out to the uh, to the legend Rod Reed. I don't, he's definitely not there. No, it's Eddie, Eddie George is the head coach. Of, yep, I think so. Yeah. So TC or TSU is I a, wanted to say TCU yeah, so bad. TS, I had to pause. TSU, by the way, just throwing it in here, is a way better program than Alabama A&M. Yeah, they're a very, they're a very good football Just, program. They're, they're better better than Alabama A&M. Alabama A&M Vanderbilt has finally decided to stop doing the idiotic job, thanks Derek Mason, of scheduling FCS programs that are top tier. That is the yeah. dumbest thing on the planet. You should be trying to find the worst FCS programs you can possibly find. Yeah. Because nobody hardly knows the difference outside of North Dakota State between Elon and ETSU and Tennessee Tech and I was about to say Austin P, but they've actually made a pretty decent run recently. But Won a national title, baby. Yeah, Put some respect no, on the gloves. That's what I was about to say. But let's go then, P. But in people's minds, there's no difference between Tennessee Tech and ETSU slash Austin P. There's no difference in a conference winning FCS program and a bottom of the barrel FCS program like Tennessee Tech. There's no difference. So schedule bottom of the barrel FCS programs like Alabama A and M and beat the shit out of them. Thank you. I think we should also schedule bottom of the barrel out of conference opponents as well. Of course, like the fact I want four free wins on Vanderbilt schedule. Ev- not free, but four, no, four free wins. Four very no. That's basically what I'm saying. But I never call a win free as a Vanderbilt fan <laughs> ever, and I will never do that. Uh, even though I kind of did do we that. Have a, do we have a free win this we weekend? We have a free win this week. Oh, you just broke the rule. I did break the rule. There's no, I will, I will, I'll shave my head if Vanderbilt, if Vanderbilt loses. loses this weekend. It's, it really is time I, to dismount. All we're program. going, to, I'm going to have a Britney Spears 2007 level mental breakdown if Vanderbilt loses to Alabama AM. We're Maybe gonna, worse. We're just going to turn on Trevor's phone and he's just going to shave half my head. Yeah. And that's all we're going to do. Yeah. And then Will's just going to shave my eyebrows. But and then, <laughs> and, and, just, yeah, we're just going. To, our neighbors are going to TDR just, will continue, but it will be absolutely. If you think the mental decline has been something to observe so far, if Vanderbilt somehow loses to Alabama AM this weekend, it's going to be a sight to behold. I think if we absolute lost to Alabama cinema, A&M, as you continue to quote, no, it would area. not be cinema, it would be a disaster. It would be like a early 2000s Rob Zombie movie that they just played on MTV over and over and over again. What's that one remake he did, House of Wax? Did you ever see that? Yeah. I, I saw that one time at like 3 a.m. on MTV. My dad used to not let me watch MTV when I was little. Um, probably a good parent move, actually. Probably so. Um, but I was up watching like the remake of thing, the, the Rob Zombie like House of Wax, and it literally scarred me so much. No, my parents were very strict on what they allowed me to watch up until I was like 13 or 14, and then my dad let me watch The Walking Dead. Because uh, he wanted me to watch it with him, and that just pulled the rails off everything. And they're like, "All right, well, wait." Watch the that. TV show, the TV show. I was never into it. I got really into it at first, but it it went on for way too long. But yeah. I was super into it, like watching the talk show after. I mean, I was into the Walking. Dead. I remember my like one the first movie that my dad was like had like he sat down and watched with me. He's like, "Okay, like, are you ready for this?" He's like, <laughs> "I." He's like, "I'm going to watch it with you." My parents and I had to get old enough with Saving Private Ryan. Oh, that's- that was like That's I kept wanting one. to ask, and he's like, "You're not old enough. You're not old enough." And then I just remember sitting upstairs next to my dad in like the opening scene, and my eyes are so big, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" Every every single time that I hear any reference to that movie, I just and I hope it's a real story, and I hope I wasn't just getting trolled. But where they screened that movie for World War for like initially, dude, my parents said the same thing for World were, War Two veterans, and they had like PTSD. They were like walking attacks. out of the theater, yeah, because yeah. they were like disgusted. And I was like. In theory, that was an okay idea, but having that initial scene in Saving Private Ryan and like, we're just going to show you exactly the most horrible moment of your entire life watching all of your friends die. And it's going to be a happy event of this movie screening. Yeah, but we incredible see what you movie. guys think. And they're like, please don't show this. Incredible movie, Saving Private Ryan, oh, if you haven't so seen good. it. What year was that released? Like nine, I'm going to say 1999. A, oh, man. Look it up. I'm going to say 1999 by Steven Spielberg. That's going to be one of those 1998. Oh! 
dang it. That's going to be one of those movies that we like put on for our kids, and they're going to be like, this movie's so old. This movie sucks because it's going to be like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, maybe a little dated. Yeah, that one will be way dated. But Trevor, we have our three keys to the game and then predictions. That's about all I have for Alabama AM. I scoured the internet. There's not, guys, there's really nothing. Like I this, named guys. off, key, I named off key players. So we did our job. We got a couple quotes from the head coach, named off key guys, named off the two quarterbacks that you'll be seeing this Saturday, described the offense after we watched some film. So some grainy YouTube, some grainy from a YouTube, local, a local Alabama news. We're getting channel. gritty as always here on yeah. TDR. But Trevor, it's about time to get to our three keys. We usually say to victory, three keys to the game, because I imagine victory is not up in the air in your mind. No. What's your number one key? Are we going to take a cocktail break? Good call, Trevor. Ah, look at me go. It's now time to go grab a cold one. It's the TDR cocktail break. And we're back. Phoebe standing upright, ready to rock after the TDR cocktail break and ready to get in to me and Trevor's three keys to the game. Trev, what's number one? Number one, get the run game going. I don't care if A.J. Swan throws for 50 yards. We already know what this passing attack can do. Get the freaking run game going. Get it going early. I want at least at least 150 yards rushing from this offense. I, I Prove to me that you can do it. Prove to me that even though it's a lesser team, prove to me that you can get you can get big runs. You can get big, big yardage in the run game. Offensive line, prove to me that you can move the, a smaller man, that you can physically impose your will. I want this to be a very physical game from the Vanderbilt front, particularly in the run game, uh, as Will has just cat hair all in his cat mouth. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, it is our cross to bear. Um, yeah, run game, impose your will. I want, I'll say this, I want, I want Cheeks, Guap, AJ, and Seti to all have at least one run of 15 yards or more. AJ. AJ oh, Newberry. Newberry. I, w- I, I thought in not my Swan, head. Not Swan. AJ, Swan, like, do not run. Yeah, I swear I to God, like, do not run. I was like, what? The? I was about to give you some push back there, and then I, I realized oh, we you, also have a running before back we, AJ. Before we go to your, do you remember, Um, of course you remember, but the big play to where um threw it to Marion Carter, they mm-hmm. thought he was past the line yep. of scrimmage. Fans in our section during that play were like, run, AJ, run! And I was just standing there, and I was like thinking like, Oh my God, AJ! Please do not listen to these guys. Do not run. Do not run. Do not run. Do not run. This is this is not Mike right. AJ, no, they're like is, run for it. I'm like guys, do not, not tell Wright. him to run for this. But Vanderbilt does have a very experienced backup quarterback in Ken Seals. I'm actually. Are we going to see Ken this weekend? Probably, I hope we. Do. I hope we see a little Ken. If Ken gets in the game, look oh, I'm look go, for look for me in section A because I will be going insane if Ken Seals gets on the field, and hopefully he will, and we'll see a little bit of all the quarterbacks would be the ideal situation. See a little Drew Dickey, see a little Walter Taylor, get those guys, get those boys in the mix. I just want to see Ken. That, that means the starters did their job. If we see everybody, but I specifically want to see Ken seals able to get some snaps on the field on Saturday. My key number one, Trevor, initially I had it written down as get the running game going, but then I kind of expanded it out to offensive line, get back on track. And, I do want to see Vanderbilt do exactly what you described. I want to see the rushing attack just dominate. I want to see them maul this Alabama A&M defense, and I want to see the running backs get into open space and holes be opened up by this offensive line so we can see what Vanderbilt has at the running back position. Because really there just wasn't a lot of space in the Hawaii game at all. But I also don't want to see AJ, AJ Swan get hit near as much as he did during the Hawaii game. Absolutely. That's why I expanded it out to the offensive line in general is it wasn't just run blocking. The pass protection was very poor. Even when AJ was able to get the ball out and delivered, he was taking some hard hits and throwing off the timing of some plays. So grease gang, I know that coach blaze has been in their ear all week. Film study has been hell. Practice has been hell. I'm sure. 
I expect it to happen, but I want to see this offensive line absolutely impose their will on the Alabama A&M Bulldog defensive line. Trevor, what's your key number two? And before I go into my key number two, if the offensive line, I'm not freaking out on the offensive line yet. Um, granted, I think every bit of criticism they got against Hawaii was deserved. I think if you asked everybody on that offensive line, they would all agree. They'd be like, yeah, we played terrible. We all five did not play as one as they like to say they had an awful game. If the Vanderbilt offensive line cannot impose their will against this team, then it is, it is time to hit the panic button. It is time to, to Hulk smash the panic button. I, uh, if they don't impose our well, then it really is time to freak out. It's freak out time. I know it's only week one, game two. If they don't, it is freak out time. This is a get right game. This, Absolutely. This is a game right. where you fix the issues that happened during Hawaii and get ready for Wake Forest. So 100%. If this offensive line struggles against Alabama AM, it is full Hulk smack. Yeah. Hulk smash the panic button. But Trevor, what's key number two? Key number two is defensive line. Show me a little bit more key to victory. You have to show me a little bit more. Um, didn't I, I know there were sacks. I know they got pressure. Um, this is a game to where w- apparently Nick Cowell, for some unbeknownst reason, loves dropping seven and eight in coverage. And I get it. I, I kind of do get it. Nick Cowell, if this if if you want to get pressure and try and get pressure with three and four men. This is the game to do it. And so I think this this game, this key number two, is particularly important because not only is it going to build confidence throughout this game, but I even though they're playing Alabama AM, you know those guys are going to think, oh, we just had a really good game. We've built some momentum on the front. We've got a little bit of our swagger back because we imposed our will only rushing four and three guys. Now we got some juice. Now we got some juice in the tank. Let's go do it against Wake Forest. So I think this is a, and I totally agree with you, this is a get-right game. This is a build-momentum game going into And I hate to look forward to Wake Forest. I really do. But you know my opinion on it. Everybody who's listening knows my opinion on it. That is the biggest game of the season. Yep. Win that game, you're going bowling. I I truly believe it. Get right against them. Get some mojo going in the, in the, in the as Phoebe just thinks I'm playing with her. You're being very sweet right now. I'm okay with it. Um, get right in, in in the defensive line, get some pressure on the quarterback. Do not let them run all over you and just get some mojo going for next week. We are on the same brain wavelength right now because my key number two is quick pressure and disruption from the defense. This Alabama A&M offense, how we are describing it, you'll understand once you watch their first possession on Saturday, mm-hmm. but it's not a traditional offense that drops back it is a misdirection, multiple fakes on almost every single play, RPO, read option, normal traditional speed option type offense. So shooting gaps, staying disciplined, and creating disruption with just three or four guys and continuing to play good run defense. Because Hawaii had, what, one pretty big run for like 20 yards, and outside of that, Vanderbilt's For most front, of the game, they were in negative yards. Yeah, rushing. Vanderbilt's front seven was pretty dominant in the running game. So now it's time to continue that over to a team that primarily runs the football and has a good running back in Donovan Eaglin, who I mentioned before, but he was second team all conference last year as a legit running back that could be playing FBS football. It's time to dominate. And this is the game to do it and get your confidence up. And like exactly like you said, Trevor, you stole, didn't steal, but you said everything I wanted to say, get right, get back, get in rhythm. And it's time for the Wake Forest game. But you've got to get in rhythm this week. That's if, the big if this key. is a tight game or if there's negativity or if initially Alabama AM hangs with Vanderbilt, the team's confidence is going to drop a bit. I don't think that's what's going to happen, but this defensive line should dominate this Alabama AM offense. I absolutely agree. And going on to key three, I'm sort of in a theme of this game is all about is building mojo, building momentum going into next week, which is a huge game for Vanderbilt. I totally forgot my key three. Blame it a notepad. That is I the one time I don't bring a notepad. 
What the frick? Was I can give my three? key. Three. Give your key three. I literally don't know why. I just I look like Mitch McConnell for a second. Yeah. I totally just like my brain. While, shut while off. Trevor Mitch McConnell's, uh, I'll give my key number three. I don't remember what it is now. Which is pretty sim- pretty similar to what you were kind of saying right there. But my key number three is stay healthy and get in rhythm for Wake Forest, and that should be the primary focus of this game. Get into the game. Get up big. Get up big early get the key starters out of the game, stay healthy, get guys healthy that aren't healthy right now because you said it, we've said it. This Wake Forest game is the biggest linchpin in the success of this entire season. So stay healthy is my key number three. I I, I finally did remember my key number three. And like you said, we are sort of on the same wavelength. Um, I think that's totally right, though. I think you have to. This is a game to where I don't I don't know how Clark Lee is going to continue with the rotations on the defense, but you gotta stay healthy in this game. You gotta keep guys fresh. Maybe this is even a game going into Wake Forest where you throw out some of your young guys and sort of let them get a taste of what live action is really like in preparation for next week. Um, will it be the same? No, it won't be the same. It's a completely different talent level. But it's still live ball. Um, I would love to see dudes like Bryce Cowan, Trudell Berry get out there and 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 really have meaningful snaps. But with that being said, my key number three, continuing on the theme of mojo, continuing on the theme of, of just building positive momentum for this team, is it's the same key I had last. This actually, you know what, this might be my key number three all year long. Um I'm I'm not even going to do it next week because it's just going to be my overall. If you have like, what's your key for the season? This would be my key for the season. Like I said, dude, all gas, no breaks. Go in there and absolutely dominate, even in the third and fourth quarter. Absolutely dominate. Do not take your foot off the gas. Is this is it sportsmanlike to kill a team whenever you're up by sixty and keep throwing the ball? No, but you need especially. After that Hawaii game, you know that the coaching staff and you know that that locker room was hyper, hyper disappointed with how they played. They were very disappointed with how they played. They thought they should have played better. They absolutely should have. They thought they could have played better. Better athletes all over the field. There was no excuse for last week. If you want to get rid of a little bit of exercise some demons and really get back on track in regards to belief, you Kill this team this week. I don't. I don't care that they're Alabama. Alabama and I don't care that they're a swag team. Go in and bludgeon them and get some positive momentum. Even though it is a FCS opponent like that, still going in and imposing your will against somebody is going to bring about um, a little bit more confidence, a little bit more juice, a little bit more fire for this team. And really, just just treat this game as um as a as a not just get right on the field, but get right mentally in preparation for that Wake Forest game. 100% on the same wavelength here. This is the part where I would usually give the line and say, Trevor, what do you think about the line? But as Vanderbilt is matched up with an FCS opponent, there is no line available. Will there be a line? I saw some people on Twitter saying, you don't think there'll be like a a line somewhere like on Saturday? No. A lot of times they won't put out lines traditionally for any FBS FCS matchup just because there's not enough information to accurately do that. Um, and they just don't have the people I've seen a few matchups that there has, that there have been lines with some larger teams, uh, larger profile teams matched up against FCS. I don't see any line popping up on FanDuel or DraftKings. Yeah. I couldn't find anything. Yeah. There, there won't be, I wouldn't be surprised because they're just not going to put that out. Cause I truly think that Vegas has no idea. But it is funny because I'm looking at Odd Shark right now, and because there's no information on Alabama A&M and with their like algorithm or whatever system they use, right now the predicted score on oddshark.com is Alabama A&M 35, Vanderbilt 5. That's their predicted <laughs> score. So if that happens, I will jump off the top of First Bank Stadium. Yeah, you're going to find you're going to find my body in the Cumberland River. If I had to set a line on this game, I would say it would be 38 and a half, 39 and a half points for Vanderbilt. So like minus 38 and a half Vanderbilt, minus 39 and a half Vanderbilt with an over under of like 48 and a half, 49 and a half somewhere in there. 
maybe a higher line. I'm not sure. That would be my guess. I think that's probably right. I mean, I, I would I would smack that as well. So with that prediction, or prediction for the line, Trevor, what's your prediction for the game? Because we, we were so accurate last week. Remind everybody what your prediction was of the Hawaii game, and I'll remind them what mine was. Mine was 52 nothing. Close. What was yours? I, well, I forget. Mine was, was 48-17. You were not was, good. But it wasn't good. I was, feel, I was feeling very confident about my prediction. After what? that first drive, I was no, like, oh, at, my God, we're going to kill these no, guys. No, at 14-48 left in the fourth quarter, I was feeling like, damn, my prediction's about to be right on. After the first offensive possession, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so on the money. <laughs> All right. So with that preface, um, Trevor, what do you got? I mean, dude, if Vanderbilt doesn't score at least 40 points in this game's a failure. I agree. I think Vanderbilt should honestly get into the 60s. Vanderbilt, I'll say this. If there is a possession, an offensive possession, to where Vanderbilt does not score, that is a little bit of a red flag for me. Am I over-exaggerating? I feel like I might Maybe a that slight, I say that. slight over-exaggeration, but not too far off. If you we go two possessions, no score. I I'll give it. I'll put the over under as with starters in over under two and a half is where I would. Do give me like Vanderbilt. Give me Vanderbilt forty three Alabama and M six. Wow, a little bit tighter than I expected. He's he's learning from his le- he's learning his lesson from. Last I know. Week. I'm hoping to maybe do a little reverse juju and it'll be even a bigger. Maybe I should just do like seventeen six Vanderbilt. Yes, yeah, so that that's the true reverse juju. That was, but you are, know what? What, that, are you, what are you locking in, Trevor? What's your locked in final score prediction and Hulk smash the lock in button that we don't have? I'm going to do a little reverse juju. I'm going Vanderbilt 17, Alabama AM6. Terrible prediction. I'm trying to reverse the juju. Okay. I'm going to give you what I actually think is going to happen. I think Vanderbilt is going to obliterate Alabama. This A&M. is a fan podcast. Please, guys, we are not Big no, J journals. No, no. I, this guy might be. No, now. I was. I. I your was bad not, uniform take. Yeah, I was not uh, fully in support of the Vanderbilt complete and utter disembowelment of Hawaii. That was not my full. I thought I it just would ha- live and die by the juice. I thought it. I thought it was playing out exactly how I expected it to until Vanderbilt fell apart in the fourth quarter. I thought Vanderbilt would struggle early with the run-and-shoot offense. The athletes would take over in the second half, and Vanderbilt would pull away late, and the final score would be dominant. And that's not what happened. Unfortunately, Vanderbilt won 35-28 last week. This week's different. What Alabama A&M struggles with on offense is throwing the football. What Vanderbilt struggles with on defense is defending the pass. What Alabama A&M's strength, strength is, is running the football. What Vanderbilt defense's strength is, is defending the run. Alabama A&M is going to struggle a lot to move the football, and I don't think they have the athletes at all to match up with Vanderbilt on either side of the line or at skill positions. I think Vanderbilt wins this one big. I think they get up big early. I'll be shocked if we see starters and key starters on the field in the second half. I think Vanderbilt wins this one 55 to 6. I I think it's an utter I think Clark Lee will call off the dogs and put in some backups. But Vanderbilt could run up 100 on this team and not allow Alabama A&M over 150 yards of total offense if they truly wanted to. You got to Hulk smash it. Hulk smash the button. 55 to 6, doors win. Move to 2 and 0 on to Wake Forest. In all seriousness, this this really should be a bloodbath. Like like all joking aside, 17-6, haha, giggle giggle. This should be a, like a massacre and good guys win. Yeah, this is different than Hawaii. I'm go I'm willing to kind of take a step back. It's week 0. Hawaii is improved. Vanderbilt did pretty much do exactly what I expected until the last 12 minutes of the game. This is a game that gigantic red flags will be popping up everywhere if they don't dominate Alabama A&M. Trevor, you described it as a high school offense. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, this I don't want to be high, disrespectful. But. I, it's not disrespectful. Alabama A&M simply doesn't have one player on their roster that could be on Vanderbilt's roster. They run a high school style speed option offense with a, the occasional RPO thrown in. Vanderbilt, if it has the guys we think it has, 
should come out and fucking dominate yeah. Alabama A&M. And that's what I expect to happen. I think this is an easy win for the boys pulling away, not pulling away late, pulling away early and continuing <laughs> to dominate. And it should be a fun, relatively uncrowded, but fun uh, first bank experience. Unlike last week. We tailgating this weekend. We are tailgating this weekend. Dude, I didn't lead with question. it. Lot to tailgate. I think we're probably going to start it more like nine this week. But it will still be out there getting set up before that. I mean, if people want to come at eight and help set up, yeah. that's cool. I mean, yeah, we'll be out there as soon as the gates open. I take that back. 8 a.m. Come out. We'll be out tailgating. Dude, how awesome was it like meeting all those guys and gals it was, last week? It was, it, it last really, week it was, was a blast. It was special. Like, I was talking to my dad about it, and I was like, that meeting, like, all these people, like, all you guys. I was like, like, that, like, really was not no joking that was a very special moment yeah la- last week was a whirlwind it was fantastic it was awesome it was amazing to meet so many passionate vanderbilt fans that supposedly don't exist and young ones yeah so Van- Chris Lee, the revolution the revolution is here the revolution is happening the revolution will be televised this week the revolution will be televised at 6 p.m on espn plus What's the weather looking like still? It's looking still good. Looking it's looking like no rain. So we'll be out there tailgating. Uh, I think it's like a high of 89. So a little bit cooler oh, than last week. But we'll have nice. to we'll be giving we'll we'll have to give out a weather update. I'm sure Scott, old Scott Derrick always does a fantastic job. Will give us a graphic. That dude's awesome. We can put out for the lot two tailgate. Shout shout out Scott, absolute legend. We also need to shout out uh, our homie our homie Trace, who's doing the Vanderbilt uniforms now. Before we go, I want to get your prediction on Vanderbilt uniforms this weekend. I've heard a little murmurs, a little, a little, as Phoebe looks at me, I've heard a little whispers and murmurs that Vanderbilt might be debuting uh, a new football helmet this weekend. Oh, you think so? What are you anticipating? Well, I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I've just heard. You've just heard. Just people are saying. What are you guessing? You're the uniform guy. I think, I don't. Vanderbilt was wearing their gold helmets at practice this week. And typically what they wear in practice is the game helmet. So I think Vanderbilt is going to come out in all black, gold dome. I think gold, black, black. It would be my guess. Such That, that might be the best overall Vanderbilt combo is all black with gold helmet. They should honestly wear that every single game. I absolutely love that combo. I love that combo. Be on the lookout for what uniforms the Commodores will be dominating the Alabama A&M Bulldogs in. 6 p.m. this Saturday, First Bank Stadium, ESPN Plus. So you've got to subscribe if you want to watch it on television. Otherwise, get your ass into the bank. Tickets are very cheap. Plenty of tickets are available. You're not in the bank. You lack grit. This is is the real gritty game. This is the gritty game. This is the real gritty game. Real fans show up and tailgate for the Alabama A&M Vanderbilt game. For myself, Will Byram, and my co-host, Trevor Hoolan, this has been episode 234 of The Door Report, powered by Corey Perkins of Parks Realty. This episode is not going to hit the over. I, I lost. Let's ride. Go doors, baby.